So they actually found out that selling out during prime dining times jumps from 13% to 34% when they went from a three-star to a three-and-a-half-star rating. That's a, that's a 21% increase when you go half a star. So this time I want to talk a little bit about Yelp, because um, it's been in the news a lot yeah. recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we both watch South Park, and they've it's been great big, on, big on Yelp this year. Yeah. So you use Yelp, right? You're a big Yelp user. Well, usually when I'm looking up a review online, I'll actually use Google. And however Google assigns the ranking of Yelp is what I'll look at, but there's plenty of other review sites that come up on the search. Yeah. So what are you looking for? What In what situations do you decide, I'm going to do a Google review on this restaurant before I go there? Or is it just restaurants? I don't know. Maybe it's hotels too. Oh, uh, yeah. Not necessarily just restaurants, um, but any type of business that I'd be spending a lot of money on. I like to at least not go in blindly and have some type of... Prejudgment. Not, not prejudgment, but... <laughs> some type of knowledge about what the entity actually is before I go and purchase something there. I, I, I might be talking Pre, about it too abstractly. A prejudgment, I think, is probably the word you're looking for. No, not prejudgment. What do you mean by prejudgment? Um, you've kind of already decided whether or not you're going to like the place before you go in there. No, I haven't decided that yet. I, I've decided what the chance of me liking it is. Yeah. But I know um, you're probably... Thinking of the recent allegations against Yelp. Yeah, there's been a lot of them. I don't know. For anybody who's not aware, they've been accused a lot of extortion, almost, of encouraging people to sign up for Yelp as restaurants or hotels or whatever kind of business you're in. They've been accused of requiring them to kind of have an account for some of their good reviews to crap up. I've actually read a couple articles where they've said, some businesses know for sure that they've had customers come in and write in front of them a good review, and then later on they come back and their good review is gone. It's not there anymore. They don't understand why it was taken off. But what is there is a big fat one-star review left for them that is completely off base and actually suggests another restaurant in it that's right down the street. So it's led a lot to questions of, you know, is it because the other restaurant paid money? Is it really just someone from the other restaurant logging in and writing a bad review about it? So it's credibility is on the line. Um, and I think it's probably time that they should talk up about it, but they refuse to. They actually, I think this went to court and they decided that they didn't have to reveal their algorithm for sorting. Uh, okay. That's that's their own information. And so to me, it's how do you establish no, your credibility? How do you have people take you seriously if you can't show them what you're doing behind the scenes with that stuff. I mean, you need visibility, I think, into the review. Okay. Does, does that change your opinion on Yelp at all? No, I've, I mean, ever since I've been looking at reviews, uh, I've realized that those things can happen in Yelp. Um, so I don't weigh the Yelp score maybe as highly as I do, say, uh, Google Maps or um, another outlet like TripAdvisor or um, even Amazon's own website, they've taken measures to verify that um, the reviews are, are in good condition through either verified purchases or um, other metrics. I feel more confident 
in those businesses because their main source of revenue isn't necessarily the fact that people leave reviews. They have other sources of revenue. Yelp, on the other hand, has one source of revenue, and that's their main business. That mm-hmm. their their product um, is the reviews. And I can definitely see where they would have an incentive to extort money from businesses because either if it's all through advertising, that might not necessarily be uh, the best uh, source of revenue um, at times. Uh, to reference South Park again, there's problems with ad blockers now, so advertising has to go through other means. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see where they would have um, an incentive to extort their, their businesses, but I think um, that in itself comes out, like you're seeing here online through your searches about people reviewing Yelp itself. So you're basing your opinion on Yelp through yeah. other reviews, don't you think? Uh, my opinion on Yelp through other reviews? No, I don't Did you do all this so. research yourself or are you relying on other people's research and I'm opinions? relying on some, some research, yeah, but yeah. Is, is research the same as a review? Uh, it can be. It can be people's experience. You reference people's experiences I, with I Yelp, I did right? reference people's experiences. You said people went into a restaurant and left a good review and it didn't show up. That sounds a lot like Yelp reviews. So. Yeah. So you're basing your opinion on Yelp off other people's reviews. Well, so, no, it's a mean. Are you not? I mean, I mean, there's, other, there's other things out there on the opinion of Yelp, and it's not there's just... There's more thorough reviews. It's not just a review. I mean, there's been court cases. It, that, yeah. I, that's a little bit... When you go to a court, I think there's a little bit more credibility. There's a little bit more going into it than Joe Schmo, who just decided that his pizza was burnt and he's pissed were, off. You said the court cases were based on experiences with Yelp. But I, I don't know that experience is the same as a review. You're not... People aren't... Reviewing well, that's what the, the actual putting on Yelp quality of Yelp. Now, what they're putting on Yelp is tell us what you're doing. Wait, so you don't think? Show us your your sorting algorithm. Why is my restaurant all my one stars creeping to the top and all of my five stars disappearing? Yes, like, I'm entitled. Like, tell me why. But you said that doesn't um, describe the quality of Yelp. But I think that's exactly what it's, it's the doing, credibility. Which is the quality. When you look at Yelp as a product, you're saying, are the reviews credible? And that is, in essence, its quality. Well, I will say I actually have some statistics on whether or not their credibility and what people think about Yelp as yeah, credibility. I think we have two discussions, whether or not Yelp itself, Yelp as a product is um, a quality product or if it reviews in general. Because I know um, taking this back a step, we've had this conversation before and Ted has gotten to the point where he doesn't think reviews in general should have any number system, <laughs> no, star system. It doesn't make sense. Whatever. You can't, you're putting so, a quantity on a quality, and that's like, <clears throat> how do you quantify a, a taste or a liking? It, it's right, kind of silly I don't know if you want to go me. there yet if you're still on Yelp. Well, we'll come back to that because okay. it bothers me. But I did want to say you're talking about establishing credibility and people take it as a credible site. Well, they're actually 72% of consumers trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. And that seems kind of, we've talked about this before, Yeah. where uh, we've had situations, I think the question we actually posed was, you know, would you trust the Rotten Tomatoes critics review? Or would you trust a personal friend's review who knows you? He's yeah. like, TZ, I, listen, we watched 20 of the same movies and we gave them, you know, all thumbs up. 
Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you're going to love this movie. But sure. then the critics are like, you know, they throw tomatoes at it because that's what Rotten Tomato does, right? Yeah, I think it totally depends. But you might find the same thing with a critics' review, that for the most part, yeah. you agree with the critics. Um, because yeah, I see that. You hope that the critics spend a lot of their time analyzing, you know, the cinematography, the, the plot line, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the, the different ways the director uh, implements yeah. his vision. Um, and you, and you kind of, uh, you might, um, some of your friends might not value those components as much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, in the past, I've definitely valued the critics' opinion more. But that's not to say that I've agreed with them 100% of the time. I just think when I go to a see, when I go to see a movie and now you're spending like $25 to go and see a movie, if it has a 20% sale on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think the chances of me liking it are much lower than if it had a 90%. So I don't want to uh, spend the $25 yet. If I yeah. think I might like it, I'll just wait until the price of entry mm-hmm. is, is lower. I just... Uh, but you don't like the number, too, which is interesting. I don't like numbers. And I'll, I'll, there's some reasons why I don't like the number. But how um, many reviews... I well, mean, have you on, read me, the IMDb reviews? Let me give you an example. I of, mean, they're full-on... Of why numbers are a little bit silly to me, right? Okay. So this is coming from, since I'll establish the source up front, this is coming from Berkeley. So they actually found out that selling out during prime dining times jumps from 13% to 34% when they went from a three-star to a three-and-a-half-star rating. So there's a lot that goes into it. On Yelp. And there's a lot that goes into that, right? Like, that's a a 21% increase when you go half a star. Yeah. And sometimes... And what's that saying so far? People value the stars. The stars, a lot. And I don't... I mean... I already hate the fact that they're stars because I don't know what a star is. It's not a very scientific it's an unit of measure. Yeah, but it's image. a star. I mean, yeah, it's probably the default image they use when they implemented the software. Probably. So I have a, I'll give you a little snippet of a, a great review. These are the ones that I look for. This is what you think is a great review? Oh, do you think this one's accurate? Review. No. Okay. All right, here we go. So this is what you think totally um, is evidence for how reviews are yeah. terrible. And this absurd. is a steaming hot pile of garbage. Okay. While the experience was neat, I was assured multiple times in advance that my gluten and egg sensitivities could easily be accommodated as long as the restaurant had plenty of notice. They knew about my issue with gluten for at least two weeks or more and the egg issue a week before. I was assured that the chef would do something special for me so that I'd still have the experience. Doing something special translated into just leaving parts of the various courses off my plate. With the exception of the pasta course, where they made some zucchini pasta in lieu of wheat pasta. The price of my dinner was still the same nonetheless. This restaurant industry practice of just removing items from the plate feels abusive as the price of the meal increases. Yes, the experience was neat, but the food wasn't blow your mind amazing. (laughs) Instead, I paid the same price as everyone else for an experience that focused on what the restaurant could conveniently remove from my meal. Done. Finish. This, this <laughs> the funny part is this is a three star review. Well, because it was neat. But if she used the word neat a few times. If she just gave another half star, they could have got a twenty percent increase in their business. Uh, do you think there's anyone that would be detracted by this review? <laughs> See, it doesn't matter though, because if you're looking at the collective whole. Well, what's the collective star rating on Toilet's table? Uh, it's a four point four. Exactly. Um, so 
would it deter me? No, but I'd have to I have to read some of these. I mean, I think, you have to read these. It's a tool. You need to learn yes. how to use the tool before you use it. I think don't uh, just buy it because it's expensive. Don't look at it on the rack and be like, oh, that hammer is one hundred fifty dollars. That one's probably sick. Yes, I think you know what you're doing with the hammer. You're being a little it. crazy is saying they should totally get rid of the star ratings because I think that's a starting point. All right, you see, it's a four point four. You say, all right. This is what I do personally. All right, 4.4. I can start looking into it. All right, what were some of the one, two, three stars? Were they legitimate I, concerns? I'd read this and, and really think it's super funny. Um, I, I, agree but I, wanted, the, I agree with the star rating to the extent that it's based on how much you liked it. If the star rating is how much I enjoy this restaurant, how much I liked it, I'm totally on board. When the star rating comes down to, oh, I thought the lettuce was a little bit old or i thought they could have put more salt that on is, my burger that well, is how much they liked it though. yeah but i don't need to i don't Those care two issues about are i don't care about your linked. analysis on the quality of the ingredients if you want to put a star rating on what on just how much i liked it that's great yeah and then i'll read the review to understand more of what's but going on a lot of people it. how much they like it is determined by the quality of the ingredients yeah but i'm not sure that people can actually distinguish the difference in quality i, I mean miller mm-hmm. light coors light bud light for example where many people think that they have a favorite, but probably can't tell the difference between any of them. So mm. they could potentially give a better review to something, even though they can't actually distinguish them apart. I think a good example of this would be doing a blind taste test to see if they actually can tell the difference between the three. Uh, I don't know if that's really going to prove anything. It doesn't matter if you think it or not, because we already recorded it. Uh. All right, Andrew Chong, you're here to tell us how much you love Miller Lite, I believe. Uh, that's and correct. And then you're also here for a taste testing of your Miller Lite, Coors Light, Bud Light challenge. I drank Miller Lite exclusively for the 10 years before I started working at Madashini, and then working here has turned me into a beer snob. Uh, and it's Wait. funny, one of my favorite parts about light beer is the technology that goes into how fast you can get it down your throat. Uh, because you can see here, I'm looking at this thing of Coors Light, and it's got the cold packaging, because you only want to drink it when it's ice cold, when it's 34 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got double venting, which is interesting, right? because apparently single venting was not good enough. Uh, and I believe you all know that, I forget, it might have been Miller that came out with the wide mouth can, because you, you, you know really just lot. want it yeah, to go you straight down your throat. That's no what no happens. one here drinks this stuff, by the way. It, it's true. It's, we, it's we, what happens. We had when to you... sort through a lot of people before we found someone that <laughs> that actually knew what these beers were. So <laughs> we knew what they were. Well, I mean, you know what they tasted like. Yeah, we never. Nobody ever looked into the science <laughs> of uh, the can that Coors Light comes <laughs> in. But that's funny because they they want it to bypass your taste buds as quick as possible, really. So I, I know that you have a special drink that you go out and you ask for at bars, um, and nobody knows what it is, but can you explain what your, your special beer, your concoction that you came up with is? Yes, so you're, you're talking about the KJ Choi. I'm talking about the KJ Choi. Uh, so for, for those who are not familiar, KJ Choi is a South Korean golfer. Uh, so why KJ Choi? Well, everyone knows what an Arnold Palmer is. It's uh, half iced tea, half lemonade. Uh, so we're at Giordano's, a lo- local watering hole. Um, and they always have Pabst Blue Ribbon and Miller Lite on special, 24-7. And it's, I asked for half of Miller Lite and half PBR. Uh, and the waitress looked at me like I basically asked for a cup full of cooking grease. 
because uh, you pretty much did. She always looks at us like that, though. <laughs> this is, uh, well, she Maybe did go, more are you serious? Yeah. There's more disappointment in her eyes, I think, this uh, Yeah, probably a lot of disappointment. She didn't like us, but maybe she had respect. Now she lost all respect. Uh, I don't know if she had less respect. I think I think <laughs> it just went out to, to outright hatred at that point. Yeah. Um, so, but you're, but besides the KJ Troy, you, you prefer Miller Lite? I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I drank Miller Lite. That was my exclusive beer for, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 years. You actually get enjoyment out of it. So, so I'm actually hoping that's the one I get wrong. If um, you were to independently smell, you said what? Just based off smell? Just smell. Don't, don't think about sight. A is Coors Light, B is Bud Light, C is Miller Light. Okay. And then just based on what you uh, see? Based on color. Yeah. I would have said that B is Coors Light. This is interesting because I would say C is Bud. And A is is Miller, which is like completely backwards. Okay, so based on looks, that's that's what I'm thinking. Looks. I think it's time for you to suck them down. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think I'm ready for my final answer. I'm gonna go C cores, B Bud, A Miller. All right. I think Eric has the results. You got one correct. Or I'm, yes, you got one correct, and you switched two of them, obviously. The one being... Is it Bud Light? Miller Light. Oh, okay. You did yeah. get your go-to beer yeah, correct. You found your you validated beer. yourself. Really? I was so, that's so good. That's so good. You got you switched you switched Bud and Coors, and now and then Coors is the only one you got right on co- on a uh, um, color. Uh, you had Miller and Bud switch. Interesting. Oh, I can see that. So you don't even know the the color of your favorite beer. That's good, but you do know the taste. Well, it's always in this beautiful. And, yeah. it's a taste. and you it's know nothing about the smell. <laughs> it's the three hops that they put in there. All yeah. It's the three hops that they just reuse from batch to batch. <laughs> TZ, we're up. Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light Challenge. Yeah, okay. You ready? Yeah. Which one's go. your favorite before we even get started? I don't know if I really have a favorite, but my mm-hmm. family tends to drink Miller, Miller Light a lot, and uh, that tends to be the beer that I'm forced to drink. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've had the other two, um, and they didn't really taste too good to me mm-hmm. but i'm not saying miller light tastes too good to me either. i mean i think they all taste like shit. but um here we go abc in front of us what are you thinking right now colors when yeah. i analyze the colors all three look like urine samples to me <laughs> they do look like urine samples yeah uh i'll start with a we'll start with a sure all right take a swig of that Okay, yeah, that's delicious. Um, yeah, it. <clears throat> I don't like. My only opinion about these will be if they taste like M- Miller Lite or not, and I don't think that one did taste like Miller. Okay. Yeah. We'll try B. Sure. I think that one was Bud Light. Uh, I, I think I kind smell. of agree with you on that. Yeah. Wait, okay, let me smell it again. Yeah, take a big whiff of that. Get in there. It just smells bad. <laughs> like, it honestly smells like stale piss. Okay. And looks like it, too. So, we're going to, that's probably Bud Light then. Yeah. All right. I usually get that sensation. Oh, C, I think C's cores. I'm going to, I think it's B is Bud Light, C's is cores, and A is Miller Light. That's where I'm leaning. Yeah, I don't think C is Miller Light either. Um, I, I, without it, I don't know why but I feel like I've narrowed C down to absolutely being Coors Light. Something about it. 
I'm pretty much just guessing here, uh, but I'll guess A is Miller Lite, B is Bud Light, and C is Coors. Well, you clearly copied me. What? You copied Did me. Did you say the same That's thing? That's absolutely what I said. This episode of Imagine a World is sponsored by Gabriel's Cat Poison. Whether it's because you found it, a relative died, or you made a huge mistake, you ended up with a cat. Don't worry, our patented product tastes good and makes your cat's death look like a classic hairball choking. Gabriel's Cat Poison. Because it's not a dog. Alright, I have the results of uh, Ted and Teasy's Coors, Bud, and Miller Challenge. Are you guys ready for me to read them to you? I was born ready. Sure. Go ahead. Can't wait. On the uh, Coors. We nailed it. You did (laughs) not. You both got Coors incorrect. Really? Well, but we both properly assessed that it tastes like garbage. I believe the word was piss. Piss. Yeah. Piss. Bud, once again, you both got bud incorrect. It's impossible. Hmm. I'm surprised by that. Which begs the question. <laughs> Why are you surprised? You copied my answer anyway. <laughs> um, I just assumed that was what bud smelled and tasted like. But So the question remains, did you get Miller right or did you get all three wrong? And... You got Miller right, the both. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that. Yeah. I knew that. Going into this, I knew that I already had it right from the second I saw it poured. Why is yeah. that? Oh, I just could tell. Uh, it's got, it has three whole hops. Do you drink it a lot? <laughs> it's triple no, hops. I, I don't bro. drink it. Actually, Miller going into this was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Coming Which out one of would it, you choose? Coming out of it now, I would drink Miller. And that's basically just only because I got it right. Hmm. So we also went around and we actually took other people that we work with, people that we know, and we had them do the exact same thing that we did, try Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, same thing that we had our buddy Andrew Chong in here try, and we collected a bunch of results to see if people actually can taste the difference between the three. Um, Going into this, I suspected that they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about that before. They were eager to try, but I don't think many of them actually drank a lot of these beers before. No. I think part we have of the a lot of beer snobs here. We have beer snobs. Yeah, we have a lot of beer snobs here. So we pulled 16 people to take this test. Uh, of the 16 people, eight got Coors Light right, eight got Bud Light, and 10 got Miller Light right. Interesting wow. fact about that is that 10 people actually had Miller Light as their favorite beer. Going into this, there's only two people who thought Bud Light was their favorite, and only one person thought Coors Light was their favorite. Um, hmm. It's funny coming out of it. I think everybody now prefers Miller Light. So if Miller Light wants to pay us money to sponsor this podcast, we're willing to accept it. Yeah, yes. people for the most part thought it had some type of taste. That yeah. was like a compliment that we heard. Yeah, there was there was a taste there. So of the ten people who really liked Miller Light going into it, uh, only five of them actually got it right. Going into yeah, which is slightly more than just a random guess when you have three beers. Yeah. Yeah. With Bud Light, only two people had it as their favorite. Uh, both people got it right. So people who like Bud Light must really like Bud Light. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No huh? bad for them. Uh, of course, only one person had it as their favorite, and they did not get it right. In <laughs> fact, they got all of them wrong. That's not surprising. Couple goose eggs on the board. Um, a couple of people got them all right. And the people who got them right, I do remember one person specifically was like, this was super easy. I expected it to be a lot harder than this. Mm-hmm. But then he also went to state that he drinks a lot of <laughs> beer. So. 
TZ, we got a beer connoisseur in here to right. talk to us about uh, what he looks for in beers, how he, you know, how he reviews them, how he kind of checks them in, how he keeps an eye on the latest and greatest. Uh, so we have Mike Lovin here. Hey guys. Hello. Hey Mike. Mike Lovin. <laughs> Mike Lovin. Mike Lovin. Mike Love. Mike Lovin beer. Oh, like yeah. that? That's a Damn. pun. Mike loves his beer. Well, we got we got someone in that you know really likes Miller Lite, but we decided to you know try our hand with a beer connoisseur. Yeah, so I know so, the the guy was like, and Chong likes loves his Miller Lite, and you gave him lots of Miller Lite to drink. So I'm hoping that there's some uh, tasty beer from here to drink eventually. <laughs> yeah, there, there, we, we didn't give you any of that. Be, there might. I be. promise you. Um, so well, you're. You use an, an app called Untapped, I think, to check in all of your beers. I do. I, I know you also use Beer Advocate, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what Untapped is for people who don't know. Yeah, so Untapped's the phone app. It just uh, you can look up your beers, you can give them ratings. It's a social app, so it, like interacts with Facebook and Twitter and stuff. Uh, Ted, Teasy, you guys both use it, so we're friends <laughs> on Untapped, so we yeah. you see what each other checks in. But the the big benefit it gives you kind of overall ratings of what other people rated the beer. You keep track of your own ratings, so I can tell if I've mm-hmm. had a beer before. Um, it helps identify if someone's a raging alcoholic. Yeah, so you can see how many beers I checked in <laughs> yeah, this weekend. We, we see that sometimes, too. Come sometimes, up yeah, our, sometimes we see Yeah, so I like to try a lot of different beers. So if I'm out at a bar and I, I say, oh, I don't know if I've had that beer, I can look it up and say, yeah, yeah I had it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So what do you look for? How do you earn a five-star review from Mike Love? Yeah, so I'm not one of these guys that goes uh, – you know, one point for color, one point for smell. Yeah. I just kind of drink it, and if I like it, I give it a right. Yeah, but you do give it a star rating, right? I do. Yeah. You're and not I, like Ted. Ted, well, you've sworn off the star rating now. I've sworn off the star rating. It so you just give some text. Faulty system. Okay. Uh, so it's interesting. You said when you review it, you taste it, and if I like it, I give it my review. Yeah. So would you say your reviews are more based on your whether or not you liked it, or are they more based on? If you think it's actually a good beer, like a high-quality beer, where do you find they're kind of, like, inseparable? So I've I've take, taken a sip of a beer that's not necessarily something I like, and I've known it's a high-quality beer, and I'll give it points for that, but I won't. Yeah. I still use it mostly for myself, so I don't want to slant it too high Yeah. if I think it's a high-quality, well-made beer, even if I don't like it. That's true. So you're using it for your, you're using it for your own self-reference rather than trying to share your review with the world. It's... Yeah. I, I want to make sure that when I go back and drink a beer later that I'm drinking the one that I actually really liked. Yeah. M- Mike, That's so um, when you don't like a beer but it's still high quality, what makes it high quality in your pen- opinion? Oh, uh, see. So I can just – I can – like it's not real light and watery. Uh, yeah. It's got uh, um, – the, the lacings of the glass are nice and pronounced. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what lacings <laughs> mean. Uh, it's like the uh, – if when you drink, if you – like the trailings that the head leaves behind. Oh, I thought that was just, you know, bubbles. No, so like a really, <laughs> <laughs> so a really, I mean it is. a really yeah. light beer. I didn't think there was anything to that, though. <laughs> a really light this beer won't leave anything nice behind. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it might be a, a coffee stout, and I don't like coffee, but some coffee stouts I really like, and some of them are too high in coffee. I'm like, you know, it's just yeah. too much coffee flavor for me, but I can tell it's a high-quality beer. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I can I can understand where you're coming from with that. There are some movies that I look at and I say, this is a high production movie, but it sucks. Yeah. And so what we've lined up for you today, Mike, is a taste test, a blind Excellent. taste test. What's that? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, so what we have is we have two IPAs and two double IPAs. 
each one, uh, you've given one a higher review on Untapped and one a little bit of a lower review. Okay. We're not going to go into how low or how high you've given each one, but we're going to have you try each one in each category and see if you can come up with the one that you thought was a really high review or a really low review or whatever, or even take a guess at what you think the review was. But um, Ted, before we get down to it, category. what you really are seeking to find out is if there were any preconceived notions that went into his ratings. Yeah. Like, ideally, he should taste the beer and at least get very closely to... You would guess think. very closely to the rating well, he guessed before. Yeah, right? there have definitely been times where I'm, I really want to try a beer because I know it gets good ratings, and I drink it, and I'm like, that would... I'm mentally in my head, I'm, I'm giving it more points than my, my yeah. deserve, but I definitely do that all the time. So now, now the know. now the label's gone, the peer reviews are gone. Yeah, it's just you and your taste buds. Yeah, all my alone. taste buds are. So yeah. IPAs are tough. They're definitely a palate wrecker. So I, I have some water here too, so I can nice. cleanse myself. All right, so these are the uh, these are the IPAs. So this one's really dark. I'm kind of surprised this isn't a double. Taking a little sniff of both of these guys and. The uh, D smells better. <laughs> smells better. Just I'm gonna write a note here that says Mike says the D smells good. <laughs> well, oh, that's entrapment. <laughs> he's, he's checking them out. He's tasting them, smacking his right, lips a little bit. C is really bitter. C is really bitter. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, it it can be when it's over when it's overpowering. Yeah, it's not. You want a good mixture of the different flavors and stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very important for IPAs, right? Well, I, I think personally, in my own taste, that IPAs can be very harsh on the palate. Right. Like sometimes they, they linger around, they stick with you. Yeah, they definitely stick with they, yeah, they, you. They can make you pucker up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. D is definitely a more balanced beer. Okay, mm. so D smells good, and yeah. it's balanced. I'm, I'm noticing in the review. I'm definitely, balance. I'm pretty confident that I gave D a higher score than C the first time. Wow. Okay. That was quick. I might go four and a quarter-ish on D. All right. Okay. What do you think about the lower one? I would maybe go three and a quarter on that one. How's the lacing on it? Uh, Can you tell with the plastic cup? It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it looks like it's sticking on there. I don't really look like look at lacing too much. That's just one All thing right. you can tell. All right, I'm going right. to move on to the doubles. Got to move on to doubles. We, I think we have a, we have some really good information here on the IPAs. All right, I'm looking at B and A now. Uh huh. Thoughts, colors. Taking a smell. Well, a is a little darker. Okay. A is a little, maybe a little fruitier smelling. A little A might smell a little better. <laughs> a little more citrusy flavor in the, uh, in the on the nose of A. Yeah. I've never come across an A that smells like fruit. <laughs> no, I love uh, I love a citrusy A. Yeah. We're gonna edit all this out, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so you you continue your taste test. TZ right. and I will talk about our experience while we're picking these beers out. Our experience. That we had a really life. hard we had a really hard time <laughs> not in life. Okay. That we had a really hard time picking out. Yeah. The especially the the doubles. Uh huh. Um, because it seems like Mike likes almost every single double he comes across. Yeah, we were in. It's hard to find one that he was like, I don't. Or if it had a really low star, at least where we were, it didn't have it. There weren't many. It seemed like the range was four to to five. You're not going to find many one star reviews in. And Mike's on tap. By the way, you should definitely. Well, I don't drink beers that I think I'm going to give one star. Yeah. 
That's true. I'm definitely I said a, that. Yeah, I'm I definitely said a that. beer snob. I said yeah. he's become so snobby with beer that he won't actually at this point. He spends drink his money. He, he spends his hard-earned money. How he sh- like you want to take an educated guess, yeah. and I agree with that. I think these are both pretty good beers. Both pretty good beers. These are both solid beers. Hmm. Letter letter B is uh, a little lighter tasting than the A. Um, not quite as be- well balanced as A. A is, A is a really good balanced beer. It's a balance of the sweetness and the hoppiness, and it's not too bitter. Was that the one that smelled fruity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like A better. I'd probably go four and a half on A. Wow. Palette's starting to get a little. <laughs> yeah, you need some fire. more Halgene water Let's bottle there. Not put too much strain on your palate. Yeah. A solid too. I'd probably go four stars on A. Or you mean B? Uh, yeah, B. Sorry, you said it. Yeah. Four and a half for A. So again, it follows the pattern of the double IPAs that we saw. Yeah, yeah. Mike um, likes his double IPAs. But then again, like you said, you might have only been trying the ones that were already rated pretty yeah. high. Eric, you think we're ready to reveal information here? Yeah. All right. Here we go. go. From the top, we'll start with the doubles since that's the one you just did. Yep. So you said A was pretty good, balanced, hoppy, nice flavor, uh, good aroma too. I think you like the aroma more, a little bit darker. Um, you said you probably would have given it a 4.5. You actually gave it a 4.75. Nice. That is Stone's Ruination. Yeah, that's a good beer. <laughs> See, and, and he, he varies <laughs> 0.25 based on his mood. I mean, so. what's a 4.5 or a 4.75? What's the difference? In I know. It? Yeah, sure. Um, the, the second one, the B, you said was also pretty good. It's interesting. You said you'd probably give it like a four as well. You actually gave it a four. Yeah. Wow. That one you hit right on the head. That is Southern Tears 2X IPA. Huh. That's actually pretty huh. impressive, I think. I'm gonna are, you, are you impressed I'm going to keep so drinking this morning. I'm very impressed. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Mike's opinion, you know, very <laughs> to be gospel now. Um, so the IPA was a little bit harder to find one that um, – I mean, it's difficult because you've had over a thousand beers at this point. Twelve hundred to be Twelve hundred, yeah. He doesn't have a problem though. They're they're spaced out. You said C was your lower score one, um, but bitter. Uh, it was the lighter one too, I think. Yes. Um, that one you said you probably would have given about a three point two five, maybe three point five, if you were feeling generous. You actually gave it a three point five. That was. Cisco Nantucket Brewery India Indie Pale Owl or something. Yeah. Oh. It was a pretty obscure one. Um, yeah. But yeah, you nailed that one pretty quick. Uh, the second one, a higher score, you said you probably would have given it a 4.25, 4.5. A little off on that one, you actually gave it a 4.75. You hmm. really enjoyed that one. But to be fair, I actually feel like that's one that you might have been influenced on by others. That is Deschutes Fresh Squeezed. Mm. And I feel like. I, I being around you, I feel like you might have heard that that one was better before you actually tried it. It'd be, it's a great beer though. <laughs> I said four, I said four or five. So. one of my favorite IPAs. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I, drinking it right now. That's where I, I agree. Yeah. This is all very impressive, Mike. This is good yeah, you data. Nailed it. You pretty much nailed everything. So what do you think that told us in terms of your thought processes around review? Uh, well, as far as the blind taste test goes, I think it told me kind of what I thought it would, that it's really hard to tell the difference between these three, uh, you know, and then from having Mike in, it's a little bit easier to tell when you're trying something that you like, you know, with these three, I think people are a little bit far removed from drinking Coors Light and Bud Light and Miller Light on a regular basis, but 
uh, it is funny to see people going into it and being like, I'm definitely going to nail this. I think I definitely have this. And then you you're like, a lot of people had that confidence. I do actually. It's funny when you bring this up with people, I feel like most people say, oh yeah, I can definitely do that. I think I can, I can at the same do time. That. They also qualified that I don't typically drink these beers, but I can definitely guess. Yeah, they do. They, they do hedge it. So a little they're bit trying to way. remember back in their college days or something. Yeah. Um, so I guess my conclusion is taste buds are not as reliable as people think they are, but there are a couple of people who seem to be a little bit more refined at their taste buds than others. I think the results were surprisingly accurate. Like we had, um, Andrew on and Miller Lite was his favorite and he got that correct. Then we had Mike on and he came within a couple points or he was dead accurate on some of them. So I mm-hmm. think his reviews were very accurate. And then we had a whole collection of people that, you know, may or may not have drank those beers in quite a while. And, you know, those, those ones varied more. So, so, so let me ask this. Um, my brother always finds it hilarious when he sees Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Lite, any of those companies advertise their beer. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the hell is the point? Like, you don't know. Like, but we don't know just, that you exist at this point. I think it's but just brute force. Not, no, not necessarily. I think his point is that, look, people are going to drink your beer. Like, you don't need to freaking advertise it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just having a bunch yeah. of college buddies over to get wasted, you're yeah. going to buy one of these crappy beers, right? Yeah. So he's saying, why that? Like, you're such a mainstay in this market. Like, what is the point? Yeah, it's a good. But. I want to ask, does the inconclusiveness of this study, although mm-hmm. it be a small sample size, kind of counter his argument saying, yeah. well, actually marketing and you thinking you like one of these more than another is a big part of it because clearly you can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that is there some merit there? I think there is. Um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're a company where everyone drinks craft beer and they... And we saw um, with Mike's reviews that that does have some merit with the accuracy of how much you like something. Um, but with these, can we say, really crappy beers, they, they all taste really crappy. And I think just by sheer brute force, the marketing is like, Coors, Coors, Coors. And then when you go out and yeah. you buy a crappy beer, you're like, Coors. I don't know. I don't think it gives it any merit, personally. I just don't. Because people who watch these, these Miller Lite commercials or Coors or Bud laugh at these commercials and they're like, why are you showing me a mountain and be like, this beer is so cold? Are you advertising that it's cold? Because I have a fridge, and I can probably chill any single beer out there. I have that ability. It's very important like, that these beers are cold. Though. Yeah, because they taste like garbage. I, I do think there is some merit to the advertising, or else they probably wouldn't spend those millions of dollars on them. Uh, I don't know what kind of research they have behind the scenes, but when when all three of them are almost just as bad, then... It's all about name recognition. If I had to advertise, I would say I would advertise my beer smells the least stuck on the floor the next day because that's mm. usually where they wind up. It's like everybody goes to sleep go and they're like, man, this room smells terrible. And it's because you have Coors Light or Bud Light all over your floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what would you say overall in terms of, uh, you know, we, we tried a few things. Um, do you still think reviews don't have much merit? Reviews... Uh, some of them do and some of them don't. The problem is I don't know which ones do and which ones don't. Um, so I need to read them carefully. I need to make sure that the person talking isn't talking out their ass. And if I know them, that's even better because then I know if they already have credibility with me or not. 
but no. So next time on Amazon, are you going to read the 5,000 reviews? Well, on Amazon, see, that's a, that's a different, that's a product review. I'm a little bit different with that because those are usually, I'm usually making a big purchase with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, cons- well, I, would I, I would look at something, I would look at so. something at CNET. I usually always watch the CNET reviews before I buy something like that, if they have one available, because I like to watch the video. I like to hear them talk about it. I like to see them play with it before mm-hmm. they do it. I don't usually just blindly buy something expensive like that. Mm-hmm. But, but expensive I, is a relative. But term. I prefer the experts like CNET. Do you consider them an industry expert then? Kind of. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of along the same lines of your problem with Rotten Tomatoes, though. You can cut to the critics who are experts in the field, and they'll try to, as much as they can, measure the objective criteria of things like the cinematography, the acting. Yeah, I could certainly appreciate the objective mm-hmm. parts of it. It's the subjective part that loses me a little bit. You know, I, that's why I said when you use a rating scale, I don't mind if it's just, hey, this is, it tastes good to me. Mm-hmm. On my scale of one to five on taste buds, I give it like a four and a half. Tastes great. You know, that's your honest opinion. That, that, and that's great. Like, if your honest opinion, if you really think that's what it is, then I, sure. you're right. You're right. You thought it was a four, mm-hmm. then it's a four as far as taste goes. But you might not be right when you say it needs more salt. I honestly, like, I don't. That's your opinion. Now, we're, now we've crossed over into a land of opinion that I don't care about. All right, here we go. Time for the favorite part of every episode, the part where Chris comes in and blows our mind with an Urban Dictionary term of the day. So today's word of the day is Chicago waffle. Chicago, Chicago waffle. waffle. Oh, man. See, I, I, I always try to break it down too much, Ted. I think you're a little better at this. So, I'm thinking syrup already and... No, well, they're not going to put syrup in the Urban Dictionary. Well, they might, I guess. I mean, I, 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 right. I mean, it's, there could be syrup involved. Right, that's in what I'm, I'm thinking of the ingredients that make up a, a Chicago Because I, I don't think I'd think i be eating a Chicago waffle anytime. Well, do you think it has to do with but food? But I think I might do some Chicago waffling. Um, Maybe food? No food? I, a waffle has to be involved in some sort. Chris, can we get the syrup. country of origin? The what, United States? Uh, America? What's yeah, our America. sentence? South. What's our sentence, man? Hey, Shelby, how was that Chicago waffle the other day? <laughs> I mean, really, that Great. could be anything. Um, I don't even know where to begin this guess. Um, waffle syrup, a Chicago waffle? What does Chicago have to do with this? Yeah, do they, I do, do the cities usually have anything to do with no, the actual right. Urban Dictionary definition? They're I really think we can almost just try to focus in on waffle. They really don't. Um, so waffle. God, I feel like this is going to have to, I, you know, I got it right last time. I mean, you are a frequent When I, when I just kind of threw it out there. Yeah. This is really foul. I think it is going to have something to do with syrup and poop That's what I said. in some syrup. way. Somehow, oh, so poop is the syrup? poop? I don't know, because everything in Urban Dictionary is poop, right? Poop, or poop. poop is the syrup, then, is what you're saying. Is there any butter? What did it have to do with waffles, though? So the syrup. Well, so the I syrup. have butter and syrup on my waffles. But you also press waffles. That's what I'm saying. Really hard. I don't now know if I want to go there. Pressing, if you press like a waffle, butter if, a waffle could also be like I like really pressing your <laughs> cheeks on somebody, like a waffle. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I was assuming there was some flattening going on, but I, would, I thought they would go to pancake. All right. Um, What's your guess? I'll go with a flattening of the cheeks. Ah, uh, you can steal my flattening. No, nah, we're working together on this. All right. Let's go with syrup on, like, cheeks and pressing them on somebody's face. Yeah, and with the butter, 
which you, is you do whatever you want to do with that butter. Yeah. I don't know where the butter comes into play, but well, it comes from, you know. All right, Chris, let's hear it. It's creamy butter. The word of the day is Chicago waffle. Definition: the act of crapping on the keyboard <laughs> See, of crapping. a laptop and then closing the lid. <laughs> I was so you got, close. That, you were really close. I just want to draw attention to the fact that, again, it is always about poop. It is always about poop. That's it for this episode of Imagine a World. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Gabriel's Cat Poison, and our guests, Andrew Chong and Mike Love. Thanks for listening, and please join us next time. <laughs>